My wife and I were going through some old pictures uh, recently. I ran across some pictures of my dad, who's been deceased now for some number of years. And sitting there looking at those pictures, there are lots of thoughts that came to my mind. And even though he's been gone for a long time, I still miss the one I call dad. And my grand, my, his grandchildren, my children call him Papa. They loved him, and he loved them. There's not anything they can compare with the love parents have for your mother's love. And yes, the love of a father. So, so today I want us to think about the wonder, the wonder of a father's love. How is it that our heavenly father could love us? The wonder of a father's love. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. And I emphasize the course is free. And you say, well now, Brother Lambert, nobody gives something away for nothing. Yes, it's free. We're offering it so you can get to know your Bible. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Now, right now, I'd like to read to you from 1 John, the third chapter, verse 1 and verse 2. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I want us to concentrate on verse number one to begin with. And it reads, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Let's, let, let's think about that part of the text right now. He says, Behold. Now the word behold means to view, to gaze, to investigate something. Uh, that, that word is used in John 1.29. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That is, you need to investigate this man. You need to look upon him. You need to view him, gaze upon him. It's also used in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. But we all with open face beholding in a glass the glory of the Lord, are, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. As we study about the life of Jesus Christ, we behold His life in Scripture. We investigate His life. We see His life. So this text begins, Behold. This is something He wants us to investigate. Behold what 
manner of love. Now, manner of love suggests quality of love or the sort of love that one has for us. And he says, what manner of love? The Father, the Father. And we're talking about the love of the Father for us. All people do not have God as their Father. Some serve Satan. He is their Father. For example, in John 8, 44, Jesus said of certain ones, you are of your Father, the devil. So they have Satan as their Father. And the destiny of those who have Satan as their father is not a very pleasant future. They, have, they will be with him eternally in that place prepared for the devil and for his angels, according to Matthew 25 and verse 41. But those we have can have God as our father. Behold what manner of love the Father. You remember in Matthew 6 and 9, Jesus prayed, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So God, our Father. He said, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed. Now to bestow means to, to give. The love that was given from the Father was not a hoarded love. He didn't keep it to himself. It was not given just to, to the angels. It, it was brought down to this earth. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us for the children of God. God has bestowed his love on his children. And it's a privilege and a blessing to be a child of God. And we, when we are children of God, it's because we have been born into the family of God. In the third chapter of John's Gospel, we learn how we become children of God, how we get into the family of God, how we get into the kingdom of God. In John, the third chapter, there was a man by the name of Nicodemus who came to Jesus by night. And he came to Jesus and he said, Rabbi, we know your teacher come from God. Because no man can do the miracles you're doing except God be with him. Now, Jesus just overlooked what he had just said. And in verse 3 of that chapter, Jesus said, Verily, very truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, to see the kingdom of God meant to enjoy and have the benefit of all of the blessings and privileges of the kingdom of God. But unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God and then have those benefits. Then Nicodemus asked the question, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? Now Jesus had in mind a spiritual birth. And Nicodemus is like many people are today. They're, they're thinking on a fleshly level, a fleshly birth or carnal birth a regular birth like a mother would have a child. And so Jesus said in verse 5, Truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. We're born again 
of water and the Spirit. You know, I believe the Bible is the best commentary on itself. I believe there are some passages that we have in the New Testament that explain precisely what Jesus meant by being born again of the water and of the Spirit. Let me state first of all, he is not talking about a fleshly birth. He's talking about a spiritual birth. And in John 3, 7, Jesus said, you must be born again. This is an absolute necessity. It is an imperative. You must be born again. And if we would enter into the kingdom of heaven, have God as our Father, be His child, we must be born again, born of water and of the Spirit. Someone says, well, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you what Jesus said about it in Mark the 16th chapter and verse 16. Jesus said, he that believeth, number one, is baptized, number two, shall be saved, number three. Now, if we're saved, we're God's child, right? If we are saved, we're in the family of God, correct? If we're saved, we're in the house of God, correct? Yes, for in Galatians, the third chapter, verses 26 and 27, the Bible reads like this, For you are all the children of God. That's exactly what we're talking about. And he says, What manner of love the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called his children. And then Paul writes in Galatians 3, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ did put on Christ. We put Christ on in baptism. We are baptized into Christ. In Romans the 6th chapter verses 3 and 4. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ did put on Christ. And then he said... For we're buried with him by baptism into Christ, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So we become children of God by believing the Lord Jesus Christ, being willing to repent of our sins, confess our faith in Jesus, and be baptized into Christ, that our sins be washed away in the blood of, of the Lamb, Acts 22 and verse 16. To be saved, 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. Are you a child of God? This says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. What love? The wonder of the love of God. What kind of love is that love? It's sacrificial love. You know... We don't like to make certain sacrifices. So some would talk about a sacrifice by having to watch a 32-inch television instead of a 55-inch or maybe a 70-inch television and said, I'm really making a sacrifice. That's no sacrifice. Or I'll make a sacrifice because we're only going to get four days vacation instead of the two weeks that we had planned. That's no sacrifice. Jesus Christ lived a sacrificial life. And he laid down his life for us on Calvary. Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. 
and his father showed his love by sending his son into this world to lay down his life for his friends and his enemies. Listen to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Sacrificial love. You know, we're in the midst of COVID-19. And they're trying to come up with a cure. Well, suppose they, they decided that if they could find a person with a certain kind of blood, they could take the blood of that one person and make a serum or a vaccine that could save the entire world. So they start to search and they knock on your door. They test all the members of your family. And they come to you in a very somber way and they say, we've found the person that can save the world. And it's your oldest son. If you will allow us to take him and take his blood and take his life, we can save the rest of the world. Could you do that? I have a son. and had a son, two daughters. I'll be honest with you, I don't know that I could make that kind of a sacrifice. But do you realize that's exactly what God did? God looked down from heaven and he saw the human dilemma. He saw that man was in sin, that man was lost, and that man was on a one-way trip into eternity to be lost in hell forever. But then he had a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, Revelation 13, 8. A lamb that could take away the sins of the world, John 1, 29. And God sent Jesus as that lamb to die for the sins of all humanity. He gave His only begotten Son. What love. What manner of love is the love of God. But not only is the love of God sacrificial love, it is compassionate love. Compassionate love. I believe that if you were to try to summarize the ministry of Jesus, there, there are certain words that would come to mind, that words like uh, Jesus was, was a people person, uh, Jesus Christ loved people, uh, Jesus was a hard worker. There are all kinds of ways that you might try to describe Jesus. But, but in my limited view, I believe the one word that summarizes the, the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, and the purpose of Jesus coming into this world is the word compassion. And because of God's compassion, because of God's pity upon us, he sent Jesus down from heaven. The New Testament calls it mercy. 
In Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He has saved us. That's the reason God sent Jesus is because He, he felt merciful toward humanity. He was compassionate. I have talked to fathers. I'm thinking about one in a particular right now. I was in preaching in a gospel meeting. And while we were singing the invitation song, the man walked down to the front and he said, I've not been a good father. There are likely some watching right now that could also say that I've not really been a good father. I've not done all I could for my children. As a matter of fact, I think every father could say that, that maybe there are things I could have done that I didn't do as a father. And I think we, as we get older and we look back at at, in the hindsight, we say there, I just wish I could go back and, and do a little bit better. But this man went on to say, I've not had any compassion for my children. No compassion. I, I'm, I'm thinking now about a man who had compassion, a father that had compassion. And that's in the 15th chapter of Luke's Gospel. There was this young man who wanted his inheritance. The father gave him inheritance. And he went off into the far country and wasted that inheritance in riotous living, in a life of immorality. We call him the prodigal son, the wasteful son. And then he went home. He said, I'm going to go back home. What servant of my father's house has food enough in despair, and I perish with hunger. And he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to my father. I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned in your sight. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Just make me a hired servant in your house, Father. And the Bible says in Luke 15, when he was yet a great way off, listen to it now, his father saw him and had compassion. This was a compassionate father. Is it not entirely possible that it was the compassion that was in the heart of that father that was the motivating factor that would cause that boy who had gone off into sin to come back home? The father had compassion and he welcomed that son home. Our Father in Heaven is a compassionate Father. Aren't you thankful that that's the God that we serve? God is so compassionate on us. He's long-suffering. Aren't, aren't we blessed to have a Father like that? He's not a tyrant. He's not a God who's far away. He's near every one of us. Oh, the wonder of His compassion. And when you have a compassionate heart as a human, you show that compassion by what you do. For instance, in 1 John 3, 17, the Bible says, Whoso hath this world's goods, seeth his brother have need, and shuts up his heart of compassion from him. How does the love of God dwell in him? Well, it doesn't, does it? Now, if we help people 
with what we have, when we have compassion, how much more does God bless us with his compassion? That's the kind of a love our Father has. His is a compassionate love. He's looking down in tender mercy and pity upon us and his children. But the love of God also was a forgiving love. A forgiving love. It's hard to forgive sometimes, isn't it? Have you ever had someone do something to you and you said, I, I just don't think I can forget it. I can't forgive them. I'll never get over it. But you do, eventually. You know, I recall going to try to find a man who had stayed out all night. It was bad to drink. And his wife asked me if I could help him. And I said, well, the first thing we've got to do is find him. And I found him in a bar. And he'd been there all night, and he had a woman sitting there with him, drinking beer, crying in his beard. I called his wife. I told him where he was. She said, I said, you want me to bring him home? She said, no. I'm coming, and I will bring him home. Well, when she saw him sitting with a woman in the bar, she was so incensed, she went and paid the bar bill. And she said, uh, maybe he better ride home with you. And she told me, I will never forgive him. You know, those are some pretty hard words. Never forgive him. Well, I'm happy to tell you, eventually she did. She was so hurt at the moment, but eventually she was willing to forgive. Our God is a God, a Father who forgives. I don't know the times that I'd hurt my dad, Maybe something I did that he didn't approve of. And, but he treated me with love and kindness and compassion and forgiveness. And so that's why our Father in Heaven is. He, he, that's the wonder of His love. It is a forgiving love. Well, how does God forgive? Well, in Micah 7 and 9, He says that He'll take our sins. And it's like casting them into the depths of the sea. And then in Psalms 103 and verse 12, He says, as far as the... East is from the west. So far hath he removed our iniquities from us. And then in Hebrews 8 and 12, the Bible says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Notice that word, I will be merciful. I'll show mercy. I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. When someone says, I forgive you, but I'll forgive you but I will never forget it you're not forgiving like God forgives we're for to give each other just like God for Christ's sake has forgiven us he forgets it it's, that simply means he forgives us as though it has never happened now I'm speaking to some husband right now who, who has been offended You've been offended maybe by something your wife has said, something your wife has done, maybe something she didn't do. You're really hurt over it. Or Mike might be talking to some wife right now. And your, your husband are not getting along right now because some things that he's done have hurt you in your heart. 
and you feel, I just don't think I can ever get over this. I don't think I'll ever get over it. Maybe you found out that he's been unfaithful to you. You could never get over it. But I want you to know that you can. You can forgive just like God forgives. Oh, our God is such a wonderful God, a loving God, and his love is a God of forgiveness. And he's a God whose love knows no end. And the love parents have of their children really knows no end. Sometimes children can trample on the desires of their parents, the wishes of their parents, and even the love of their parents. And their parents love them still. I remember a poem. I hope I can remember this poem. It goes something like this. Though I be hanged from the highest of hill, highest hill, I know whose love will follow me still. O mother of mine, O mother of mine. You know, parents love their children when their children really mess up. And God loves us with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. Does God approve when we sin? No. Does it hurt God? Yes. It, does it grieve the Holy Spirit? Yes. Can it cause us to be lost? Yes. But God loves us enough that He'll forgive us when we comply with His will. I want to thank you for watching today. And I want to give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also right now, pick up the telephone, call for the free Bible correspondence course. Or if you'll notice on the screen, you can take it online. But whatever you do and however you receive it, please take this Bible course. If you're not sure where the Church of Christ is located in your community, why don't you just get in touch with us and we'll help you locate the church there. I want to thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today and may I make a request in closing, tell someone else about it. Tell them when they can watch Getting to Know Your Bible. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.